I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I don't have to be, I don't have to know him personally. I am George Floyd. I am African-American. My brother is African-American. His children are African-American. Um, you know, people I work with, um, you know, we should not be targeted because of the skin that we live in. Mm. And our skin became a negative very long ago. And we've been living in this negativity, in attack, 
and being attacked for a very long time. And if I can do anything, if anything was in my power to help lift the voice of the protesters who are out there every day, tirelessly, mm -hmm. peacefully trying to be heard, be seen, be felt, um, if I can do anything to assist with that, how dare I sit at home and not get out there and be active. Sandy's Girls. It's episode 161, and it is arriving entirely on time. Um, as you may have noticed, I took a little break, as I think a lot of podcasters did, um, and a lot of Bravo accounts, because I just needed some time to kind of process what has been happening in the world and then figuring out how I can hopefully play even the smallest positive part. And, um, you know, I noticed several podcasters in and outside of the Bravo world who said, you know, I'm taking a break. I need to listen and reflect no new episodes. And I essentially kind of did that. I mean, I was supposed to record last weekend with an amazing guest who will be uh, rescheduled and brought back on the show. And I canceled it the day before because it just felt strange and dark to be talking about like New York and Beverly Hills when the world is on fire. And I have had an ongoing conversation with my therapist, shout out to Amy Copes, um, currently being declined by my insurance company, not quite sure why, um, where I was trying to say, like, I should just go dark for a hot sec. Like, what is the point of me talking? I am a white woman who lives on the Upper East Side of New York what good am I going to do? My job is to simply amplify black voices and take a step back. And Amy was like, baby girl, we're both Jews. What the fuck are you talking about? Our job is to stand together and use our voices. And she reminded me that obviously, you know, I think a huge role as allies is and as people is to amplify black voices, but that shouldn't, frankly, absolve us of the responsibility of also using our own. So that kind of shifted some gears in my head where I was like, okay, um, 161 episodes in, let's jump back um, inside this crazy little world that we've created together. And so I've done some, a lot of social media that's specific and social action really that's specific to Bravo, which I'll get to. 
Um, and this is going to be a different kind of episode. In in 161 episodes, I have never solicited direct audio from AGs. I've always had Satchels of Gold, which as you all know, are um, AG listener, Bravo viewer, thoughts and feels named in honor of her holiness, although we need a new phrase there, Kelly Kaloran Ben-Simone, just a living embodiment of Scary Island. Um, and so I've always appreciated that connection that we all have in the Andy Scrolls community, but I've never had direct audio before. And I realized that that is what I, as a person, wanted to hear most. The voices of um, Black listeners and what how, what they're thinking right now, um, specific to the Bravo community about Bravo's um, action or um, more realistically and truthfully lack thereof. Um, but I also first just wanted to take a step back because this is going to be a different kind of Andy's Girls today. I think of it as like a pass the mic Andy's Girls. I want to hear their thoughts and I also want to help amplify them and respond as well. Um, but I think the best way to kind of start with this episode is really at the beginning with just a little reminder of what Andy's Girls is. Andy's Girls is not, nor has it ever been, a recap show. It's something that it's sort of interesting when I talk to people about AG, and I try to make clear to people that this is not necessarily the show that you want to tune into to like solely hear people screaming at each other about like what the fuck is happening with Kyle Richards. Like, which frankly would be fascinating if um, people had that much emotion and I, I'm sure I will next week. Um, but it's not really just that. I mean, the thing that I talk about when I'm um, pitching the show to guests or, you know, whomever else is that it's like a combination of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix My Life. It's actually heavier on the Ayanla than the C-SPAN of it all. But we are looking at events that are happening inside and outside of current airing shows and responding to and understanding the women's motivation for behaving in the way that they've chosen to do um, on TV. Andy's Girls, to me, is a show about behavior and conflict and perception and more. And while the housewives themselves and those franchises may live in and outside of a world of privilege and production, although now we're seeing more and more the breaking down of that fourth wall, which I love, we ourselves as people do not. And if we have, surely the events, the murder of George Floyd, the events that have taken place since sort of reinforce that and reinforce, frankly, the sense of privilege that many of us have in which to choose to live in a bubble. Our experiences as human people impact how we react and respond to what we are seeing each week on TV. 
I am likely to have a different experience watching an episode of Beverly Hills like Brandy in the pool talking about Joyce's inability to swim um Lou showing up to that party in blackface many many unfortunately many many other examples come to mind I'm going to have a different experience as a white Jew in New York City watching that than a black woman in the Midwest may have because my perception of what is happening on screen has been informed by my experiences and my environment. And that's why it's so important to have diverse voices on Andy's Girls. And that has been a mission for me of the show and more. And there are always places to unify. That's why I fucking loved BravoCon in so many ways, because you were coming into contact or I was coming into contact with Bravo fans who I wouldn't necessarily normally have the opportunity to interact with, but we all spoke the same goddamn language. And there are always going to be that places to unify. We are all fluent in the language of Bravo. And part of that fluency isn't just talking about like, c'est bon, c'est bon, the taglines, the quotes, the moments, but also by our interest in unpacking <laughs> like the shared humanity and <laughs> horror, sometimes 40, 60 of it all. Now, I know because I've heard from so many of you or some of you, maybe not so many, let's be a little bit more generous here to the AG spirit, that when I have talked in the past about issues involving social action, uh, the 2016 election, um, other impactful, important moments in time, I've heard from some of you, listen, Sarah, I listen to AG to separate from all that. I just, I just need a little break. I just need a little outlet. I just need a little moment. Can we not talk about those things on um, the podcast? I'm kind of losing my mind, which I get. I don't want to be critical of that thought. I just want to unpack it a little bit. It is a privilege to say I do not want to talk about what's happening in the world. And I also think that is a little overly optimistic about the mission of Andy's Girls which in and of itself is about using one's own voice. I am always, as the host of Andy's Girls, as the whatever else, talking to you guys through my voice, which is impacted and influenced by the experiences that I have had throughout my life. I talk to you guys about dating. I talk to you guys about sex. I talk to you guys about whatever the fuck is burning down in my family house. I talk to you about a lot. And it would be inappropriate and strange for me to cherry pick what is happening at our, at like this moment in time to make a select amount of you comfortable. Because I don't necessarily care if you're comfortable. I care that we are connecting as people. And just as a little reminder to some of you, do not ever tell a woman specifically how to use her voice. It's inappropriate. And I also think it would be inappropriate of me as a woman with a voice and with a platform who is so thankful to have so many of you tune in every week to not talk about 
what is happening right now and talk about it through the lens of Bravo, which frankly, I'm fucking happy to do. I think that's important. And I, I'm not, I appreciate how many of you listen to Andy Scrolls and it's like you get a little break, maybe from the intricacies of your life. And that is a true, genuine, for lack of a better word, privilege for me to do. But it is not my job to blind you to what's happening. And it's not my job to be silent when there is a network, which we'll get to, that is not being as responsible with their enormous platform as I am trying to do with mine. But I need to be accountable to myself first and foremost as a person who is loud AF, um, BCC my cackle, which some of you think is fake, which I, (laughs) God bless. (laughs) Like this is what I would choose. Are you kidding? Adorable. Um, I would not be (laughs) accountable to myself, let alone you and our wonderful community, if I was not talking about what is going on. And frankly, if you have seen my daily unravel (laughs) on Instagram, this would not come as a particular surprise. And, you know, when I think about Andy's girls... And this connection that we all have, it's about unpacking the behavior of the women that we adore or love to watch, regardless of how we personally feel, BCC Daniel Staub, their relationships, their responses, how they're handling with conflict. And I try to do that with a sense of curiosity and empathy, once again, (laughs) BCC Daniel Staub, not always which is actually what drives me on Andy's girls and off. And it would be disingenuous and frankly irresponsible to not apply that same action and focus to what is the largest case of civil unrest to happen in my lifetime. And guess what? We can fucking do that by talking about and through the lens of Bravo. We have probably and unfortunately been building to this point in time as like, for example, I know I have many, many international AGs, but as a nation in this country, and also when you think about it as a Bravo community, and now we are being tasked by ourselves, each other, And like the greater idea of what does it mean to have a voice. So where the fuck do we begin? I told you about my conversation with my therapist, shout out to Amy, about using my voice and being an ally. And I've also been thinking a lot about what it means to unpack my own white privilege, which (laughs) sort of like Corona exists (laughs) everywhere as like this invisible force that frankly protects me and celebrates me and helps me in a system that was meant to reward me and keep me safe in many ways just because of the color of my skin. And I started to think about it. And I think I applied that same white privilege, that idea that If bad things happen, justice hopefully will be served. 
I think you can imply that same white privilege in my belief in the system and idea and platform of Bravo itself. I knew that there were problems <laughs> and problems of racial inequality and inequity within Bravo. And yet I like not only expected or anticipated, but just genuinely flat out assumed that they would step into their power after the horrific murder of George Floyd, after the just like ongoing trauma of what's been happening at so many of these peaceful protests with additional and horrific and blinding um, police violence. And I assumed that because Bravo is a network that's made so much money on and frankly like pop culture relevance on the backs of black housewives it just seemed like obvious not in any way um questionable that they would step into their power and defend and essentially protect their black talent I'm sure they're black staff, whomever's working at fucking corporate right now, three people, all named Susan, I don't even know, in the executive suite, by the way, and black viewers, and that they would make their perspective and focus clear. Black Lives Matter is a statement that needs to be said over and over and over again but it's also just words. They're powerful words. They need to be said repeatedly over and over and over and over again. It's not a topic for conversation. Andy's Girls is not going to be the place where we pretend that there are two sides to this. You're either fighting racism and someone who is devoting their time and energy to being actively anti-racist or you're listening to another Bravo podcast, I can think of a few. <laughs> that would be right up your alley. And and sweetie, no problem. <laughs> Nobody's forcing you to live to this, to listen to this. If you do not believe that Black Lives Matter, I have no issue <laughs> with you stopping listening to Andrew's Girls. Because frankly, this is probably not the show for you. And this is not, and I am not ever going to open up a conversation about like, oh, let's hear both sides. This is not a political matter. This is a matter of like black people are people <laughs> and their lives matter and the world is on fire and we need to help them right now, like genuinely. So if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't know, like let's like have a conversation. Blah, 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 blah. I love LVP. You got to go. It's bye bye. I'm so sorry. This is not this is not your pod. <laughs> This is probably, who are we kidding? You stopped listening a long time ago. Um, I don't think that this is the show for you. But, you know, back to Black Lives Mattering. Um, Bravo has not been terrific, shall we say, in the past week. At one point, they changed their Instagram bio to say, and I quote, to be silent is to be complicit. 
And I think that was supposed to be a warning, but it ended up being more of a mission statement. They put out a statement on Instagram, which I read and was like, what is actually going on? Like, what? This is not how this should go. And their statement was, Bravo stands in solidarity with the black community against systemic racism and oppression experienced every day in America. We owe it to our black staff, talent, and production partners and viewers to demand change and accountability. To be silent is to be complicit. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um, Mazel tov. But that was it. There was no other information They did the black box, which many of us did, which most of us fucked up. Um, But that's kind of been it. There have been some lower thirds or supers, whatever you want to call them, on the bottom of the screen of a few shows that are like, cool, racism's bad, bye-bye. And that's kind of been the entirety of it. There's been no information. Even getting that statement felt like fucking pulling teeth. If you look at other organizations, companies, let alone TV networks, Bravo is scarily, scarily silent and behind. The Bratz dolls and Barbie have been releasing statements that are stronger and more impactful and most specifically more specific than what Bravo has done. What Bravo has done and is currently doing is staying incredibly, incredibly quiet. And that is where politics actually comes in. The idea that Black Lives Matter to me is not a political statement. It is a human statement. It is a statement about our society. But staying silent right now, remaining silent, and frankly, in their own words, look, it's inspirational, is political. This is not a conversation where we can say, oh, let's like meet in the middle. We're on two different lines. No. You either believe Black Lives Matter or you're a piece of shit. And unfortunately, bravo to my great horror and surprise, BCC, once again, my white privilege, has elected to maintain a horrifyingly strong veil of silence. Um, I am really excited for you to listen to the thoughts and feelings and frankly frustration and anger that so many black Bravoholics currently feel because they feel like they are not being heard, respected, appreciated, and understood by a network that represents a community of which we all thought we were a part, if that makes any sense. And I have watched with horror the way that Bravo has elected to maintain a code of silence and allow and frankly sort of socially profit, if that makes any sense, off of the backs of black Bravo celebrities who are stepping up into their own power and platform. And that's really upsetting to me to see because what Bravo is doing is setting an example of the worst kind of privilege where they maintain a code of silence because they don't want to upset viewers that they think don't believe that black lives matter, which is a strange valuation for them to make. 
and instead rely on the work of black men and women who frankly aren't responsible for doing the work. That's our job. That is my job as a white woman is to use my voice. It is not the job of black people to explain to people of other colors and racism and races what racism means and what it does and how it affects them. That is the job of us. That is our job and our responsibility. And for Bravo to decide to be the living embodiment of white privilege and to sort of slyly take responsibility and ownership of what some of these women are doing, like Portia, like Candy, like Giselle, and pretend that they are having an active role in that is awful and wrong. And if you've watched some of my stories on Instagram this week, it sort of wasn't even a choice to me. It just started happening where I asked and tagged them in specific examples of what it is they are actively and actually trying to do with their platform and have heard nothing. And I've spoken off the record with folks in and outside of the network. And I've got to tell you, I've had really intense conversations and I remain as befuddled and confused and angry as I was before because it feels like someone at Bravo Corporate, I'm guessing not a black person in an executive capacity, has decided to wait this out. And Andy apparently got a motherfucking BCC because a man who used his platform recently to talk about how Waka, who God love, uh, God bless, a wonderful dog, was a danger to his household and needed to be removed. He has is he's a man who is no longer in a corporate role at Bravo. He's just left with the you know, second place prize of being the entire face of the network has done the bare ass minimum. He is someone who lobbied for the, I've said this in an, um, uh, on IG. He is someone who lobbied and has spent how many episodes of Watch What Happens Live and how many social media posts rallying attention and support of surrogacy. And while I applaud him for using his platform for surrogacy when um, shootings have happened, when there have been other impactful, important moments in time where he felt like I need to harness my power and my voice has gone essentially radio silent except for the most generic posts on Instagram and maybe Twitter tweets. Neither Andy, who has made a couple shekels off of the Housewives, Bravo, specifically black men and women, has not announced, to my knowledge, any large-scale donations, nor has the network in support of the Black Lives Movement. And when the network itself talks about to be silent is to be complicit, what does that actually mean? The fact that the NFL, which is, my God, a 
complicated organization with a very difficult history when it comes to their treatment of um, black players and staff has been more uh, outrage and vocal than Bravo. My expectation was that Bravo was a network and a community where people use their voices. And what I've discovered is that community still exists, but it's not with Bravo, the network included. It is a community of Bravo-holics, folks with a platform, many of whom are dear friends, many of whom have rallied behind Black Lives Matter and have used their enormous podcast platforms or or social media platforms to say that this is not okay and to also directly call out Bravo. And Bravo hasn't exactly responded in kind. The idea that they are maintaining a code of silence as a corporate and political strategy is so upsetting. And I cannot imagine what it must feel like to be a black Bravo celebrity using my platform to call out inaction and look at my employer and see the best they've done is like maybe a repost or sort of quietly taking credit for what Portia is doing. Like Porsche's taken to the streets and Bravo is doing exactly what they've had Chiron supers, lower thirds, whatever you call them on a few select episodes. And what else? You know, they announced plans for this Amplify Our Voices event on um, Monday, Monday night on Instagram Live. And it's going to be hosted by, oh my God, Justin, is it Justin Sylvester, Kyle's um, uh, former Manny, who's now a, a, a correspondent on E! and fantastic, and is a black man. And it's going to be, an, it was announced as an Instagram Live with Giselle, Portia, and uh, Candy. A couple things about Instagram Live. If you are using Instagram Live as your platform to talk about Black Lives Matter and you're a television network and there's nothing on TV that's reflective of what's happening on your social media, you are living in the world of the upside down. Your TV network with a platform. If Sesame Street and Nickelodeon have been able to use all of their resources to educate motherfucking children Where the fuck are you, allegedly the adults in the room, who have the ability and the capacity to use all available resources, and you have decided to do an Instagram Live featuring four black people? A, where the fuck is Andy, the face of the network? Is it that you're struggling with the fact that he's a white man? We've known that for a while. Spoiler alert. It is not the job of white people to decide that black people are responsible for talking about their ongoing trauma and living wound of living and trying to survive as a black person in America. It is your job to amplify those voices. It is not your job to stay silent. And I think that it is... horrifying and awful the way that Bravo has behaved. And if we're going to talk about bubbles bursting, 
I got to tell you, mine popped a couple days ago. So Bravo decided, let's do an Instagram live. To our knowledge, because of what we were seeing, that was the only announced plan. A couple things about an Instagram live. You're doing it on your phone. It's the lowest possible tech. That's why I haven't done it. <laughs> I'm using a fish filter on my IG stories. That looks like I'm a peephole uh, inside a door. It's the new love of my life. I'm swiping right for it 24-7. Instagram Live is like the lowest possible lift. So you've decided the four black people are going to have to educate the Bravo community and talk about their trauma and their thoughts and feels with absolutely no allyship, seemingly in front of or behind a camera that doesn't exist when you're using Instagram Live. So that's number one. Number two is, where's the tech? You guys have just done how many motherfucking Zoom reunions? You're doing Watch What Happens Live five or 18 days a week. You've decided that you have to do an Instagram Live for this, which means, by the way, this isn't a conversation where these women can listen to and support each other in the moment. An Instagram Live involves two people, the host and one person that they're talking to, which means you have three black women who can't even actually listen, interact, and build on each other's thoughts and feelings because you've decided to segment them into, into moments in this conversation. What's wrong with this picture? Absolutely everything. So I start thinking and getting very, very angry at the thought that they, Bravo has announced absolutely zero detailed information on changes that they are making to actively fight racism, which I thought was a goal, but maybe it's to them um, an option and <laughs> they're going a different way. And I also wondered, why are we essentially trying to grow their social media presence and assume that people that watch Instagram Live watch it in full? I don't know about you, but sometimes I get like a little carsick when I'm watching IG Live because there's a jostle. It's like a little oeve. So I'm like, I, I dip in and out of IG Live. So it's like, I'll watch a couple minutes. I'll go do something else and I'll watch a couple minutes. Why haven't they decided that the idea of Black Lives Matter is an important, important enough to show on their largest possible platform, especially if we know that their strategy is to put the onus of the responsibility of this on the backs of their black talent. That is dangerous to me. So I started talking and, and um, you know, kikiing with some fellow um Bravoholics, certified Bravoholics, whatever the fuck you want to talk about it. Some of us with platform, all of us with platforms. And we put together a letter that we released on social media yesterday that um, demanded, essentially, we represent the many thousands of fans who are demanding that Bravo use their television platform to strongly stand with the Black Lives Matter movement since George Floyd's murder. And in the days that followed, we have been disheartened to see nothing more than lip service paid to the Black Lives Matter movement on Bravo social media. The network recently announced plans for an Amplify Our Voices IG Live featuring three black Bravo celebrities. Bravo is a television network with the power to air this conversation on the widest possible platform. This panel must air on the network itself. Why rely on social media alone at such a pivotal time? Black Lives Matter, including Bravo talent and viewership. Bravo has a platform and a voice. Own it. Hello, Lisa Rinna Button. So we released that um, and were 
very several of our uh, Bravo like style influence or whatever the fuck you want to call us, whatever account signed on, put it on their social media, tagged Bravo, got a great response back from viewers, <laughs> heard from several um, uh, black Bravo celebrities that I've been in touch with, uh, which I'm going to keep on the DL right now, but um, many of whom have been disheartened by Bravo's inaction. I cannot imagine what it must be to be in their shoes right now for many reasons, um, most specifically Bravo's Mishigas. And, you know, Bravo hasn't responded directly to any of us um, who represent essentially many, many hundreds of thousands of Bravo uh, uh, viewers and fans. But they did announce late last night, um, it's Sunday now, happy Sunday, they did announce at 9 o'clock on a Saturday um, a Watch What Happens Live um, with our... um, God, the voice that you heard at the beginning of this episode, um, Portia and W. Kamau Bell. Um, I think I just fucked up Kamau. W. Kamau. W. Kamau Bell. Um, which will be a two-part Watch What Happens Live that I think is going to air on Sunday and Monday. And I I wish I could say it's like a we did it. <laughs> I don't think that's probably realistically what actually happened. But I do know that Bravo at some point has realized that they're being called out and they're now being tasked to do what is probably the bare minimum, but it is at least a step forward. Once again, they are putting the onus of the responsibility of talking about racism in the hands of the black Bravo liberties who they don't seem terribly interested in specifically supporting when it comes to utilizing their own power as a network. But it is at least a two-part special that's airing on TV itself. And I highly encourage that if you are able to watch this Instagram Live masterpiece, as well as what airs on TV, I highly encourage that you must. My concern is that they are almost setting up these women on IG Live to fail the platform and viewership is so, so segmented. You look at um, Bravo, which has like, I think just under 2 million followers on Instagram. You think, oh, it's an IG live. It's going to go out to 2 million people. That's not how Instagram live works. It's a much, 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 much smaller imprint when it comes to watching specific Instagram lives than even the idea of putting this on TV or bravotv.com, something like that. So I highly encourage and go to their social media. I hope you're following Bravo TV. Watch the Instagram live when it airs. Watch this two-part, watch what happens style special um, starring Her Holiness, uh, Living Deity, Portia, the love of my life. Um, She was the face of my Christmas card and there's a reason for that. And I'm a Jew. Um, so I hope you are supporting <laughs> not necessarily Bravo the network, who I frankly couldn't give a shit about a shit about right now, but these women. And I've heard from several of you, and I want to kind of review some polls that I've done on Instagram because it's been really interesting to hear your perspectives. Like, does this mean I need to boycott Bravo? And my thought is no. Bravo has been an escape in, you know, the good ways and in some of the bad um, and an investment of our time, our energy and our life for 
you know, for many people, like 15 years. And at a horrific, horrifying moment in our life when we're dealing with a absolutely terrible civil unrest in this country on top of a fucking global pandemic, I don't think now is the time to take yourself out of a community that you have probably invested in for so long. But I do think it means you need to use your voice and also use your judgment. I think we need to talk about the Kelly Dodd Accord, which is the worst example of Bravo's um, politicization. I haven't taught you guys. I haven't slept in so long of silence. We do need to talk about that. But that's also where I think if you want to talk about a boycott, maybe that's where you invest your time. I don't see a world in which I could watch next season of Orange County if Kelly Dodd is still um, a part of the show. And it appears by the rumblings that they're going to start shooting New Jersey and I think Orange County this summer, aka next month in July. It appears that she's not going anywhere. And that is frankly horrifying. And I'm going to talk about a specific example of why it is so shocking and inhumane that Bravo's done absolutely nothing and has made a point of weaponizing silence. And that's specifically with Kelly. So as we know, and if you listen to the last 15 minutes of the Andy Scrolls episode with James LaRosa, I had a nice little shout out to Kelly Dodd and the cast of Orange County who've behaved dangerously and sloppily Um during the coronavirus pandemic. And Kelly has made it a personal point and a mission to spread disinformation um, in a way that will directly and horrifically impact the lives of who knows how many people that she's come in contact with or that she is enabled to feel free to like not wear a mask and go wherever. And this isn't real. Something, something, Democrats, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I like to fuck Rick. Like it doesn't mean anything or go anywhere, but it's been dangerous and shocking and scary. And Bravo's done absolutely nothing. So that should have been an indicator. But I thought for some reason, racism was like, if we're going to pretend about like the politicization of politics, I can't, you guys, I really, truly haven't slept, you know, something, something politicization of, um, (laughs) of like pretending that the pandemic can get political. I can't even guys, people are so dumb. Um, if we're going to like talk about that, then the idea that like racism is where we're going to go next, that is kind of shocking and scary to me and exactly what actually ended up happening. Kelly's been releasing these videos and obviously there's like reports that have uh, resurfaced of um, stuff that many people had seen in the years um, uh, the the, Kelly's first couple years in Orange County of her saying terrible things about black men and um, just horrifying racist comments and still kept her job. Um, But she has said stuff specifically this week that's been so upsetting to so many people. And there was, you know, I turned on IG. If you want to PS guys, what you can do is unfollow people that you know are racist pieces of shit and Kelly Dodd should be your number one. And if you're following her because of a hate follow, unfollow her. You can always go to her page and watch whatever schlock she's um, spilling. But don't don't give her don't give her a single number. She doesn't deserve it. Um, So Kelly has had some interesting behavior regarding Corona and whatever else. 
And I looked at her IG the other day and there was a video that had been posted like 20, 24 minutes prior. And it was a story of her watching videos of the protests with her fuck buddy Rick. Um, And she called with Rick's total engagement and seeming approval protesters animals terrorists talked about how they were uncivilized said she wished our country was more like england spoiler alert wonder why um talked about needing and wanting to like throw water and thinking about other things to throw at them and more there's also a video of her laughing about the um protests with her daughter jolie way to um raise the next generation and a bunch of other shit. And it's just been absurdly racist. And then she's, I think she did like the black box sitch with just like Bravo and absolutely nothing inside. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just been horrifying and awful. And a lot of people have castigated Bravo and called out Bravo for um, protecting and defending Kelly. And what that is saying to black viewers and black talent and black people who um, are working at Bravo at various production companies is that their lives matter less than the idea of protecting a white woman who is exhibiting a myriad and consistent level of um, racist like diatribes. So... I saw that specific video of Kelly and Rick shooting the shit and calling black people animals. Wonderful work, Kelly. And I immediately sent it to somebody that I know um, who has uh, access to whatever, blah, blah, blah. And um, they responded and said that, you know, um, the team you know, would uh, see what they could do. And a short while later, um, pretty short while later, the video was taken down. And there was no acknowledgement that it happened, which is yet another perfect example of white privilege, which is sweeping everything under the rug. Bravo has not taken a single moment to say what Kelly is doing is wrong. They're just hoping and praying that we either forget or decide that it's not important enough to stop watching her franchise or to hopefully change her mind about the network. And that's scary to me. So they had Kelly remove those videos or I don't know, a magical person did maybe somebody at positive beverage who remembered the name of the company that she's the face of (laughs) decided maybe she should have some fake positivity for like an hour and a half. Um, so the video was taken down and that was it. No acknowledgement, no apology from Kelly. What could she even apologize for being the exact person that we know she's always been, um, exhibiting specific behaviors of that every single day. And what Bravo is doing is setting up a mechanism where they're pretending that the idea of being racist is like taking a side. Like, oh, she's just like, this is her opinion and blah, blah, blah. And as I discussed earlier in this episode, that's actually not a thing. That's like not a thing you can do. You don't get to decide black people's lives matter is a political issue. It is a human issue. And what Bravo is doing is the worst possible thing that you would expect that a network or company or corporate structure with this amount, uh, immense power and privilege the fact that they have stayed silent and have protected Kelly to the detriment of 
their black viewers, talent, crew, whomever, is like repugnant and awful. And I guess this episode is like step the fuck out, step the fuck up. And I don't know if it's and we'll step the fuck out. I'm not encouraging a boycott of anything. I think Bravo has worked and has helped you in your life and you should feel comfortable to continue watching Bravo. I have to tell you, I haven't watched the new episodes this week. That's not a choice that I've made made in response to what Bravo has done. It's just my instinct, like deep inside Matam, was I just don't have an interest in watching like women throw sushi at each other in New York or whatever the fuck they're doing. And, you know, frankly, a near perfect uh, season of Beverly Hills. I just haven't had it in me because I've been so focused on like everything else relating to Bravo. The irony is that I spent so much time and energy trying to unpack Bravo that I didn't have the capacity to actually watch it. Um, And I don't know. How do you solve a problem like Kelly? You fucking fire her. I mean, the irony here is that people are like, well, you did it with Leanne. And then you have to think to yourself and think, wow, did they actually fire Leanne? They um, didn't continue her contract, but they allowed her to say that she was leaving on her own after all the racist shit that she had done. That's fascinating. What's also fascinating is Andy and Bravo made clear to release statements Um, decrying Leanne's behavior as episodes air while still allowing and celebrating her role in the show and promoting her like her um, time at BravoCon they had already they knew what she was saying on on the trip on the trip to um, with the women of Dallas like they knew what happened and what she said and um, what uh, hate would be coming her and potentially their way and they still celebrated her because they felt like she was the face of the franchise they used her as best they could as long as they could understanding how toxic she had become to them and seemingly having crossed a line they used her as long as, she, as they could and then they allowed her the any kind of exit that she preferred they allowed her to say not that she was fired for exhibiting horrifying racist behavior but that she was leaving to like focus on charity and frankly charity starts at home and I I hope she slides into um, Bravo's DMs and uh, teaches them a thing or two I'm sure that's what Leanne Locken does best um so listen I have Satchel sent in by um age black AGs um listeners of the podcast viewers and I want to listen to those with you now And I also want to say, we're talking about Bravo. We're calling out Bravo. We're saying to Bravo, do better. Because for a lot of Bravo-holics, you guys are doing better. You're calling out racism. You are educating your friends and family. You are using your platform and your personhood for better. And why isn't Bravo doing more? So if you want to spread the word about that letter, you know, go for it. Um, I'm going to put some links in the show uh, show notes for this week's episode and I would uh, for resources, organizations, put your money where your mouth is, all of that. And I would also say seek out and follow and support Bravo podcasts and Bravo social media accounts that are run by black Bravoholics. 
if there is an account that you think I should um, make sure to follow and potentially a guest to book on Andy's Girls, let me know. Because we're talking about you guys listening to hear my blather and my voice. We need to make sure we're doing the same and making sure that we're hearing the perspectives of Black Bravoholics most of all. And we need to wake up. We needed to understand that right now, essentially, our country is at war. Which side of the fight are you going to join? You're choosing to be on a side when you've decided there are sides. And I just want you to be smart. And frankly, guys, if you're not watching Potomac in Atlanta, it really, it says something. And I don't know what, but it's not great. I think I do know what. You know I know what. You need to watch those shows and su- support black women on Bravo and off. It is wild to me that folks would choose, for whatever reason, not to watch two of the greatest and most consistent franchises that Bravo has in and outside of the Housewives empire and you just need to fucking do it. It's not funny to me. It's not a joke. Um, you just need to tune in and watch. If you are a true Bravoholic, and I know you are because you've hopefully listened to me go on for so long. And listen, my bubble was burst. The privilege that I had in thinking that Bravo would step up in the way that LVP does for a motherfucking dog has come undone. But I do still believe, and I believe in us. I think that we can do better and are doing better and must do better. And we need to listen to each other. We need to amplify, amplify, oh my God, you guys, (laughs) amplify black voices. And we need to use our own to speak out whenever, wherever. This is the People's People's Podcast, the People's People's Couch, and this is episode 161, a different and new chapter for Andy's Girls, and I want us to listen to the voices of some amazing black AGs. All right, so let's motherfucking listen. All right, first up, Chris from Baltimore. Chris, tell us your thoughts. Hi, Sarah. This is Chris from Baltimore. First, I just want to say thank you so much for the podcast. It's been wonderful during quarantine, and now I think it's calling out some real problems on the network we all love. For me, I want to see Bravo Bravo fucking Bravo find more space for people of color on the network. Their casting practices are totally regressive and have slipped behind scripted shows in terms of representation, which is shocking. Why are we getting another all-white franchise when it's my understanding that Atlanta and Potomac rate well for the network? Take the moral right off the table and just make it business. Black women on screen have made the money. They have helped make that network. They should also be committed to monitoring the behavior of their cast online and during filming. Why did Max and Brett even get on Vanderpump Rules? I kind of choked on their names because they suck. No one checked their social media, or was it more important to hire two medium-sized pizza attractive white dudes with racist past and take the time to find people of color, and more importantly, queer people of color, in West Hollywood? Or perhaps they're worried about their current cast and how they'd react to people of color, but that's gossip for another day. 
I would lastly ask that while filming, they call out racism, homophobia, and anything else they claim to stand against out in the moment. Stop using these things as storylines. Hold people to account immediately. Leanne Locken filmed those awful scenes saying those things that the network would later condemn and yet continued to be paid by the network, was treated in the edit as business as usual, appeared on Watch What Happens Live, and at BravoCon all after she said those things. They allowed those episodes to air and waited for the audience's reaction. Why is it our job to be outraged to spark change? Why can't the network that claims to be inclusive figure it out and draw a line in the sand? That's all. Um, was that that's that's all inspired by um, uh, Devil Wears Prada, Cerulean Blue? Because holy fucking shit! I mean, what the fuck is there left else to say? I think Chris from Baltimore laid it out pretty fucking well. Bravo is a responsibility. They created a platform. They need to fucking. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they need to maintain and support it. I don't know. There's another word that would probably work there. Um, let's listen to um, Brenda uh, from Toronto, Toronto, Canada. Next, Brenda, what are your thoughts? Hi, my name is Brenda and I'm from Toronto, Canada. My first time watching Bravo was Atlanta season one. I remember seeing myself being represented on TV in the light that wasn't supposed to be about slaves or criminals or being a token black person. As a black woman, I remember feeling very seen, very fascinated, and very thankful that Bravo, a network such as themselves, was giving us a chance to showcase that we are more than just what the media has portrayed us to be. And then I started watching OC, New York, Beverly Hills, and I started picking up on certain racial undertones that I just thought, okay, this is definitely not okay, but that is what we deal with every day. This is art imitating life. This is something I'm used to seeing, microaggressions, passive aggressive comments about race, um, such as Dorinda confusing a black man in a restaurant to be a waiter, or uh, Brandy calling Joyce black because she can't swim. However, it came to a point where you couldn't ignore the blatant racism such as Kim Zosiak, treatment of Sweetie, or um, Kim going on the rant on the season 10 reunion about racism not existing until social media, and Andy's stance on it. Well, at the time I applauded him, he later backtracked on Jenny McCarthy's show and went on about Kim was being attacked. Or even Stassi's comments, Stassi's comments about Black Lives Matter um, and why it's always about Black people, or just Vanderpump rules in general. Just the whole lack of diversity really started to bother me. And I just chalked it up to Elise Virgen heard at least the show is somewhat catering to us. However, when am I going to stop thinking that way and realize that by me watching this and Bravo's continual silence on matters such as Kelly Dodd um, going on rampages on Twitter and so and Instagram talking about All Lives Matter and COVID-19 and their silence on that. Am I also being part of the problem? Am I condoning that? Am I being complacent? Because if the network won't take action, should I uh, distance myself from the network? Am I I am now being put in a position where these women that I have loved and followed for the my half of my life, I'm 28 years old. I've been watching this since I was 
I don't even know how long, like 17, 16 years old. And now I'm, I'm having to just reconcile with the choice of watching this for entertainment or watching or stop this, stop watching this completely because I cannot no longer sit idly by and allow Bravo to profit off of people like myself and other minorities and have them remain silent when it's time for them to take action, when it's time for them to speak, to reprimand the Bravo liberties that are being problematic right now, to um, take action by putting play, putting minorities in positions of power and at the executive level. I just feel it is unfair to have to make that decision where a network that I so dearly love clearly does not value me as a person as a they don't do they do not value the these women these beautiful Atlanta women these Potomac women that have given them so much value given them so much money I don't know where to what to do and I feel lost but at the same time I'm very grateful to all of the Bravoholics including um, being an Andy's girl, I've always loved your take on everything relating to social justice. I've always, have always been impressed with your ability to speak up for what's right, to call out people when they are needed to be called out, to put the pressure on people so that they take action. Unfortunately, this whole experience has really showed me how deep rooted systemic racism really goes and Andy is at the forefront of that why don't we know who the other network executives are maybe pardon me if you guys do but I do not know who they are Andy seems to be representing them and his inability to hold people accountable to say more than just a simple black square or a black lives matter is not is very very upsetting to me I do not know what else is what else to do at this point i'm more so now rattling with the decision of do i keep watching this show and support them or do i distance myself and hope that maybe bravo will make a change i really do not want to have to come to that point right now but unfortunately this is where we are at thank you sarah for giving me the opportunity i don't know if you guys can tell but i'm really shaking up and it's taking me multiple times to get this off my chest boy uh brenda got me um what a shitty fucking position that bravo put brenda in where she feels like she has to choose between valuing herself and continuing to be a part of a community that frankly brenda helped create like what the fuck is wrong with that picture guys something is seriously wrong something is seriously wrong all right, Jonathan, L.A., tell us what's up. Hi, thank you so much for the opportunity. My name is Jonathan from Los Angeles, California. I have been an avid Bravo fan since I was eight or nine years old. So it's, it's been a while because I'm about to turn 21. Um, I've been watching since the Flipping Out days, the Ross of Orange County days, the early, early Atlanta days when Deshaun was on and Candy joined. Um, I have loved the network immensely since I was a kid. And to be completely honest with you, everything that's going on with the network right now is very disheartening. Um, 
just to start it off, I have seen over the years a lot of talent on the network make several insensitive remarks towards many minorities. Um, I have seen people praise Ramona for acting a complete, and I hate to use this word, asshole towards people that were not white, that were in a position where they were seen as the help, and she has treated them uh, like utter shit. Um, it's really sad to see that there are a lot of Bravo celebrities not using their platform, including Andy, who was basically the face of the network, um, not say anything. You know, an Insta quote really doesn't cut it. Um, Erica Jane, who people like to, you know, consider her, I guess, uh, a, a black woman trapped in a white woman's body. I've heard that a lot over the years because she has quote-unquote sass. All she did was post a black screen and people were acting like she's Martin Luther King. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me, especially considering the fact that this network literally has profited off of black women for years. If there wasn't a Real Housewives of Atlanta, there really wouldn't be a Real Housewives franchise, period, if we're just being honest with each other. I understand that Jersey and Orange County were also trailblazers, but Atlanta has set the bar for many, many years, and there's no denying that. Um, to see some of these Bravo celebrities say all lives matter and just post an aesthetically pleasing photo, um, the mural painting of George Floyd so it could fit their feed, it's really, it's really sad. It's really sick. And to be completely honest with you, I have no type of, I have no type of like energy to even watch their shows anymore. I'm looking at Dallas. I'm looking at New York besides Leah and Dorenda. I'm, you know, Beverly Hills has been very, very supportive. You know, I'm not going to say surprisingly, you know, they have a black woman on the show now, which that in itself took 10 years to happen. Let's just put that out there. Um, New York is one of the most diverse cities ever, ever, okay? Probably, I know it's like top 10 in, in the nation. Not a single black woman on the show. You've only had one person of color in the past 10 years. That makes no sense. Orange County, for Kelly Dodd to, and, and it's so sad because she was one of my favorites, for her to make the comments that she made about black men years ago and still have a job for Stassi and and Kristen to make the comments that they made and still have a job for Max and Brett for, to still have a job. It just doesn't make any sense. And to me, it looks hypocritical because Leanne was clearly fired or demoted and denied her offer because of her remarks towards Mexican people, which she deserved, by the way. But let's keep that same energy for black people, especially considering the fact that black people are the reason why the network is even at where it's at, okay? If it wasn't for Portia, Nene, Candy, Kenya, Sheree, Lisa Wu, Deshaun, Claudia Jordan, Shamari, or Eva, or Cynthia, there or Phaedra, or Marlo, or Tanya, there would be no Real Housewives. Flipping a table would not have set the precedent for the entire franchise. Throwing wine at Gina Cuff was not going to set the precedent for the whole entire franchise. Atlanta are trailblazers, the reasons why a lot of people at Bravo even have a job. And to be so compl complicit and not say a word or just share a black screen is disheartening, is disrespectful, and to be completely honest with you, it shows that they clearly do not give a fuck. Thank you.
for sharing your platform with me. And I hope that more awareness is spread with this. I am here for any <laughs> any moment that involves a little shade. <laughs> Send Gina Keo's way. Oh, sweet Christ. Um, Stephanie from Baltimore. Talk to me about Atlanta. Hi, this is Stephanie from Baltimore, and I am the host of the Mocha Minutes podcast. I have been a fan of Bravo for oh, over a decade. And one of the things that really drew me to Bravo was the Real Housewives of Atlanta. At the time, it was amazing, and it still is, quite frankly, to see um, Black women thriving financially um, because we didn't really see that. And I know people are thinking, but they argue. I'm like, so do the other white shows. So I didn't see that as... um, bad in my eyes it just felt good to see all black woman cast and quiet as it's kept even though orange county and new york came before them atlanta is the one that drew bigger numbers because black women were now watching black women and queer um and queer black people so to see how everything has unfolded and to get either these lukewarm or milk toast posts It's disappointing because it's not fair to all the black women that have been featured on Bravo and, quite frankly, make Bravo pop. Uh, I want them to do better and I need them to do better. So Bravo and Andy, please do better. I mean, isn't that what this episode is all about? Like Bravo needs to do better. I've got a platform and I've got you guys. And I know that we are all in this together. So where the fuck is Bravo? Because I don't want Bravo to be left behind. But I do know (laughs) that as we are hearing from these amazing black Bravo-holics and AGs, something is seriously wrong. And we need to talk about it. And it needs to be addressed. And if the network isn't going to do it, you better fucking believe that I am. All right. Anyway, (laughs) Nicole from Detroit, talk to me about motherfucking Kelly S. Dodd. Hi, this is Nicole from Detroit, Michigan, and I have been a black person my whole life (laughs) and have watched Bravo from the very, very beginning um, back when Tabitha was helping raggedy hair salons get their life. Back when Sheree didn't let Kim and Nene into the party. Um, back when uh, Project Runway was actually good, um, when Jay and Christian uh, Siriano were uh, contestants on the show. Um, so it's really, really disappointing to see the stand that Bravo and Andy Cohen has made um, with the biggest um, civil rights movement in most of our lifetimes. Um, nothing like this has ever taken place. The closest would be 1968. Um, a lot of Bravo watchers were not alive then. I was not. Um, so for them to not um, say anything, to not raise their voice until basically they were kind of forced to by comments and by fans to speak up, um, it's, it's really disappointing. They've made a ton of money off of black talent, black culture, Um the whole shade and read that comes from black gay culture. 
Um, and to not um, stand in solidarity with those voices is really, really disappointing to me and I'm sure to other people that watch Bravo. Um, they took such a hard stand against Luann on The Real Housewives of Dallas. But yet, um, nothing with Kelly Dodd. She's done it once. She's done it twice. She's done it so many times. It's probably easier to count how many times she's not been racist. Um, she made racist comments on TMZ. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But yet, nothing has happened to, you know, no reprimand from the network. Um, not even a, hey, stop, you know, using that language on your public social media uh, platforms. Um, it's just disturbing. It really is disturbing that. Um, messages aren't going out to not only the employees of Bravo, because that's essentially what they are, but not to a message to go out to support your black employees at Bravo. Um, and I am conflicted and torn to further support um, Real Housewives of Atlanta and Potomac. I want to support those ladies. That is their job. For most of them, that's probably their main source of income. Um, but I know for sure I, I won't watch most of Bravo. I have already stopped watching uh, Vanderpump Rules when they brushed that whole racist incident with their newest cast members under the rug. So I just can't um, really support it anymore. It's really, really hard. I love listening to all my Bravo po- podcasts. I'm an OG of the AG. Um, but to see a network not that has made so much money off of black culture, black gay culture to not um, do the minimum um, to put, to amplify black voices on IGTV was like the the icing on the, on the insult cake to me. So um, I say all that to say that while there's bigger fish to fry than Bravo, <laughs> Um, it's just disappointing that a place that, um, in a community that I've enjoyed so much, um, has just been so disappointing in the past uh, few years when it comes to race and, and support of, um, black lives. So thank you, uh, Sarah, for giving me the opportunity to speak out. And uh, hopefully this wasn't too long. Thank you. Bye-bye. Jesus Christ. A hundred percent was not too long. And also I think there were several valid points made, um, I think among them, the fact that this is not necessarily a surprise. And as I said at the beginning of this episode, we've kind of been building to this moment, guys. And I think we looked the other way or pretended it was going to be okay, or maybe used our voices. And unfortunately, it didn't go a long way. And I think we're at a point now where you really need to harness your voice and power and this is what being an ally is an ally is not a title that you get to give yourself it is the active work every single day of trying to dismantle racism and white supremacy and it's also looking at individual unique sometimes like niche areas of your life that can exemplify this idea and for me it's been bravo and andy's girls um not to say that i'm not going to be focused on doing better in other areas but that's what the goal of this episode and hopefully the work that comes out of it has been, and I hope as you're listening to these stories and these thoughts and these feels, 
that that's not the end of this for you. Because I know you guys, I know our community, and I know that you know to do better, and I know that you can do better. So what are you going to do at the end of this episode? I'm linking resources in the show notes. What are you going to do specifically about Bravo? Like, how are you making sure that your voice is heard and that we're amplifying the voices of Chris and Brenda and Jonathan and Stephanie and Nicole and a few other to come, uh, others to come? Like, that's on you. All right. Speaking of allyship, <laughs> hopefully for us not performative, um, some thoughts from Jaja in California. Here we go extremely disheartening and just heartbreaking to see the echoing silence that is coming from Bravo and specifically Andy. Um, Andy really wouldn't have Watch What Happens Live without Nene. Uh, let's not forget and roll back to Nene versus Kim, that infamous phone call, uh, which made Watch What Happens Live something that people actually paid attention to. Um, and let's just look at how much Real Housewives of Atlanta has played a part in the success of Bravo, a huge part. And so for them to just be silent is insane but then we have to also open our eyes to just the past and how they allowed Shaz of Sunset to attack Asa and say that because she had a, her baby daddy's black and say that her a child was a bastard. Um, we can look back at the Stassi Vanderpump, which is utterly disgusting. And it, it really speaks volumes about not only Andy and, you know, all of them, their production team, but Lisa Vanderpump. Um, we can look back at Ramona. I mean, hey. There's a lot of material there. Uh, it's just countless shows. You have shows that are in some of the most um, integrated cities, yet the cast are all white. It's a problem and it's, it's sad. And them just trying to, um, them doing this performative allyship with all this stuff with Portia now, it's disgusting. Like now it's reaching disgusting because you're not going to address your issue. You're just going to pacify the audience. Well said. Um, up next, talking about, you know, pods and podcasts and podcasters that you guys should be supporting. Here's Manny, who is the host of the podcast Mixing with Manny. Oh God, Manny, am I fucking up your name? Um, hopefully not. Um, am I mixing it up? Um, Mixing with Manny, which is a black girl's perspective on Bravo and more. Let us listen to Manny's thoughts on Bravo while black. Here we go. Being a black girl that loves Bravo comes with probably one of the most stressful feelings when you're watching something as an escape and then all of a sudden you're triggered or you're offended and it's valid in both ways as you know anyone's feelings probably should be and could be but 
to know that you don't necessarily get the same allowance to feel those feelings because if you express them on the internet, it becomes, well, that's not what she meant. And you're reading too much into it and you're being sensitive when you're usually being met with those same kind of criticisms by people who don't have the same experience as you. Um, our opinions that are shaped by our perspective when we watch these shows instantly become debated and it feels like our experience becomes debated. You know, it's a catch 22 because we feel almost hypocritical sometimes, at least I do, watching shows that on a network that rarely ever gives the same pushback on pretty much anything that's wrong. You know, we've seen it with Below Deck and the the misogynistic treatment of the women on that show. We've seen it with, you know, in the past with uh, homophobia and how housewives treat, you know, people of the, I call it the alphabet mafia, but the LGBTQIA plus community, they can treat them as accessories and they vilify husbands for possibly being, you know, maybe gay or being on a spectrum as if sexuality can't be spectrumed. So it's incredibly uncomfortable to sometimes watch them be so vile and, you know, to each other is one thing, but to the world, it's like, these are still people who go out there and are doing these things. But then to see it encouraged in certain ways and aspects of Bravo's specifically segregating casts, like that I've never understood that and and if anything them not feeling like black women or black people period can express themselves and support themselves and really take care of themselves amongst a group of white women or white cast members and I've heard you know rumblings or allegedly like that they don't want to have the whole burden be put on the one person of color, i.e. Carrie on Dallas, I guess, or in general, like, you know, what took so long with Garcelle to get on Beverly Hills and to integrate a cast. It, I understand that, you know, you may think you don't want the burden on the one black person on the show, but maybe it shouldn't just be one. Or maybe if you know the women you employ are so monster based, like they're so There's such monsters that, yes, it's great for TV, but where is the line if you feel that they're monsters to each other and that's great for money, but if we put any other person of any other race on the show, they will likely be so awful we will, I don't know, not be able to handle it. Like It'll be too much for the one person. That kind of defeats the point, though, of having one person on there, in my opinion. I think that... It's always baffled me, especially when you are talking about franchises in California, in L.A., that are not even just housewives, but to see very few people of color, very few, even in backgrounds. It's kind of insulting to not put us in positions or to to not really question that your entire friend group is white. Like, who really believes that? And if that's really the case, I think that is the point that we're trying to make this week and always is that you need to diversify your listeners, your watchers, your viewers, because people's worlds are diversifying and their communities are diversifying. Their individual friend groups 
are diversifying or should be or already are. And that should also reflect on television, in my opinion. And, you know, it's Bravo is an escape for everyone. My favorite phrase ever that I've gotten from a great um, uh, boutique, uh, Bravo boutique is Bravo is my Bravo is my problematic fave. And that is the most truest statement ever, because though I like it and I enjoy it, I never know when I'm going to watch and I'm going to be absolutely triggered and for good reason. And without that negative connotation that trigger has, I never know when I'm going to be genuinely hurt or sick to my stomach watching an entire cast of New York basically treat mugshots as if they are accessories and, you know, basically act like Luann's arrest is it's something that she could, it's a hardship for her. It's totally her bout with the police and everything where she can slip cuffs and threaten assault of a cop and, you know, be publicly intoxicated and do all these things. And everyone just is like, oh, she'll make it through. Oh, she just needs a moment. Oh, it'll be fine. And to watch that is triggering because I know for a fact I could never do those things as a black woman. I know that any person I know, especially the black men in my life that I know, they would never even make it that far in so many parts of our country and so with involved with so many different cops who, though, of course, not all are bad, there are enough that are allowed out to do things and to patrol that it does happen differently for us. And it scares me and it is so shocking and hard to enjoy when you're just randomly faced with that and you don't even expect to be, you know, you sit down, you have your glass of wine, you're enjoying yourself and you don't even expect to watch a show and hear or see a woman, a white woman, be completely unbothered by her encounter with the police because she knows she'll be just fine. She knows that no matter what, everything will return back to normal. Her money, her popularity, her status in society, it's it's a moment in time for them. And in some ways, it's even a moment of financial compensation or come up, as we see with Leah, who can, you know... I guess barely assault, but to be able to throw a water bottle at a cop and then somehow be able to sue because yes, they use excessive force, which is the point in there absolutely no, should not be allowed to treat humans this way. But in her mind, absolutely. She deserved some kind of compensation because she was treated unfairly and, and how dare they hurt her physically when trying to make an arrest or for infringing upon an investigation. And I am in awe of the praise and support she got enough to start her own business. And so it's one of those things where you watch and you want to enjoy, but then sometimes you also have to watch and wait with bated breath because you know you stand to be insulted by something you see when you watch and you know Bravo will do absolutely nothing about it and it is one of those things where I am incredibly skeptical when I see Bravo make any kind of support for Black Lives Matter or honestly this is probably the only time we've ever really seen them speak out against injustice though much injustice happens on their own platform and that they employ it and yeah, sure, you take it with a grain of salt. And that's pretty much what anyone who speaks up against this is told is you take, you know, give and take and you got to let it go and all that. But when it comes to the aspects of how I'm watching drastically how my life 
would be treated versus their life, not just because of money and not just because of power. It becomes no longer the aspirational living of, wow, look at the rich and famous, but like, wow, look at the difference in life being valuable. And that is probably one of the greatest things that I think Bravo needs to answer for is why they do not check these things beyond a one reunion question for five minutes that we get, you know, with Luann possibly participating in blackface and not knowing it. And, you know, it's incredible that we never really get any answers, but they know they have a responsibility to ask the question because we're all asking the question. And I just think it's about time Bravo started reflecting its entire um, ratings population and viewer population. Because we have this kind of outrage now, imagine what they could do if they actually listened. Just a thought. Imagine what they could do if they actually listened. And imagine what we could all do if we didn't stop asking them, but instead demanded for them to do better. Because it is a demand. We are angry and we are powerful and we are strong. So let's motherfucking harness that strength. Couple satchels. Satchel from Tana in St. Louis. Hey, Sarah, I just wanted to thank you for being so vocal about Black Lives Matter and for continuing to call out Bravo, certain Bravo celebrities, and Andy for remaining silent during this difficult time. I know I shouldn't be surprised about the inaction of a network that continues to give a platform to a woman who makes racist comments and verbalizes false information about COVID-19, Kelly Dodd. This is also the same network that took 10 years to have the first African-American woman on Beverly Hills. As a black woman myself, I would love to ask them what exactly took them so long. On another note, I did notice that Bravo was scheduled to air a Southern Charm season six marathon today, but instead they are airing a marathon of million dollar listing L.A., I find it very interesting that they decided not to air Southern Charm today, but had absolutely no problem airing a season one Southern Charm marathon a few weeks ago. Thank you again for being so outspoken about what is currently happening in this country. It truly means a lot. Oof, honey, that just makes me so fucking sad. Ugh. Um, yeah, it was a satchel from Amber in Marietta, California, formerly San Diego, CA. I am a black bravoholic and I have a myriad of emotions. Anger for the silence that has now become a clear statement from Bravo and Andy. Mad at myself for being disillusioned and letting my guard down only to realize what I've always known to be true of Bravo and entertainment media overall. It's built on the creativity, work, and talent of blacks, and yet the blatant appropriation and disrespect go unchecked. Don't even get me started on shows like Friends. The feeling of dread that they are waiting out the outrage, and like so many times before, people forget, 
things move on and it's business as usual. Optimistic that this time things will be different. I mean, man, imagine being mad at yourself for letting your guard down and thinking that Bravo is a place where your voice would truly in like the most important time in so many of our lives and being mad at yourself that you were wrong. It is not Amber's job to make Bravo better. It is our job to demand that Bravo is better for Amber and Tana and Chris and Brenda and Jonathan and Stephanie and Nicole and Jaja and Manny and so many fucking more. Like that is our job. And what has been so important and so impactful and so amazing about what Portia is doing and has done is that it feels like she is stepping into her family's legacy. And guys, we are a sassy, wild, often argumentative, (laughs) welcome to Annie's Girls, community. And I just kind of think that we need to step into our power as well. And I hope that this episode is one small step of many that I need to be responsible to take. And I hope that you feel at the end of this episode that there's a lot of anger here and there's a lot of frustration and there's also maybe some hope and change like Bravo Instagram lives. Uh, it's only going to come if we demand that it happens and that's on us to do like there's work for us to do we got to do the fucking work I want to just briefly cover some um polls that I posted on Instagram live um because I thought that the responses to them uh were interesting and um illuminating and um I want to discuss um, those with you. Um, and thank you to the number of you who participated and, um, have gotten in touch this week. And, um, obviously I'm going to be continuing this conversation after this episode, um, goes up, uh, online because, you know, it's all about ample voice, amplifying, you guys, holy shit, (laughs) amplifying, uh, voices. So here are some, um, responses to these polls. How do you feel about Bravo's Black Lives Matter messaging? 89% said bad. 11% said essentially fine. How do you feel about Andy Cohen's Black Lives Matter messaging? 88% said bad. 12% said 
essentially fine. Has your opinion of Bravo and Andy Cohen changed as a result of their Black Lives Matter action or inaction? 77% said yes. 23% said no. Do you think Kelly Dodd should be fired from Orange County specifically, specifically, not like calling somebody a cunt, specifically because of her racist posts and spread of Corona-based and Black Lives Matter-based disinformation? 93% said yes, 7% said no. Will your Bravo viewing habits change because of their Black Lives Matter action and inaction? 65% said yes, 35% said no. Has your current Bravo viewing experience changed as a result of their Black Lives Matter action in action? 56% said yes, 44% said no. Will you stop watching Orange County if Kelly Dodd remains in the cast specifically because of her Black Lives Matter and Corona related posts? 82% said yes. 18% said no. Have you stopped watching new episodes of current Bravo shows because of their Black Lives Matter action in action? 28% said yes. 72% said no. Do you feel that Bravo has a responsibility to its viewers putting aside talent, crew, and corporate specific to this question? to make a strong, specific, and financial stake in Black Lives Matter? 92% said yes. 8% said no. Would coverage inclusion of Black Lives Matter storylines on future episodes of various Bravo shows have a positive or negative impact on your viewing experience? 96% said positive. 4% said, what was it, negative. Have you followed or unfollowed Bravo, Bravo Lab, Bravo Influencer accounts specifically because of their Black Lives Matter action in action? 77% said yes. It changed my interest in following them online. 23% said, no, this has not affected whether or not I follow them on social. Oh boy. Listen, guys, I don't know that I still believe in Bravo as a network. I don't know that I do. But I know I still believe in the idea and I damn well know that I still believe in us. So I'm using my voice. What about yours? Thank you to everybody for sending in their thoughts. I heard from several of the people that it felt hopefully cathartic on speaking their mind. And as always, my entire privilege and joy to make sure that those voices are hopefully amplified and heard. If you want to um, spread the letter that I mentioned on Instagram, you can find it online. Several Bravo celebrities on Bravo influencer accounts did as well. You can find that on my IG at Dame Galley. And guys, I love you. All right. We are in this together. We need to step up and 
if Portia's stepping into her legacy, we better fucking stand, step up into our own power. And I'm going to end uh, with just some words from James Baldwin, who I don't think has made an appearance on Andy's Girls yet so far. But listen, it's episode 161. Why the fuck not? Love you guys. Um, I hope you learn something about yourself uh, listening to this episode. And um, I can't wait to continue the conversation and talk to you guys again soon. Love you. Stay safe. Thank you to those of you who are participating in protests and acts of civil disobedience for taking a stand and knowing that for many of us, what we're doing is not nearly enough. All right, guys, love you. Black Lives Matter. Say it. And I'll um, talk to you guys again soon. All right, thanks, guys. I was born here almost 60 years ago. I'm not going to live another 60 years. You always told me it takes time. It has taken my father's time, my mother's time, my uncle's time, my brother's and my sister's time, my nieces and my nephew's time. How much time do you want for your progress? <laughs>